At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom-built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach. I'm Ian Kennedy, president of Outlines Venture Group and author of Global Search Engine Marketing. I'm here with Jillian Music, my partner at Outlines and co-founder of both Moz and Bread Approved. Together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Hi, Jillian. Hi, Anne. What are we talking about today? Well, let's talk about mid-sized companies. Last time we got into a little bit of this, but I know there's a lot more. But first, I bet you want to remind listeners about our one-seat challenge. Yes, I do. Here's our one-seat challenge. We're asking anyone and everyone who speaks publicly, whether at your company, outside your company, around the world, what we're asking you to do is to ask your conference organizers to set aside one seat and fill it with someone who would ordinarily not have access to an event such as this. Here's the deal. We keep hearing there's a pipeline problem. We can't find people of diverse backgrounds, ages, genders, and locations to fill these jobs. Well, this is the solution. Fill the seats when you speak with someone who would ordinarily not have access. Could be young students. It could be older folks. It could be people in jobs at your company who don't often get invited to these kinds of things. It can be anybody from a struggling entrepreneur to someone who just lives outside the area. There's the one seat challenge. And when you take it and you fill a seat, get over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash CEO coach podcast and let us know how it went. Thanks, Jillian. Now, back to mid sized companies. What's on your mind about funding mid sized companies these days? Well, I've been thinking a lot about the problem, if you will, um, from our vantage point here in Seattle and in many other countries around the city, I'm beginning to understand, we have what I would call osteoporosis in the middle. 
I looked at the tech companies here in the Seattle area, and I realized we're kind of a company town. Of course, Seattle has been for a long time. It used to be Boeing, and then it was Microsoft, and really now it's Amazon. Microsoft's still pretty darn large, and there are a few other ones, Expedia, etc. But it's an Amazon town. This is monstrous. So with a few unicorns at the top, that's good and solid. And I looked in the middle then and didn't find much, like 100 million to 750 million valuation and so on. And then, of course, at the bottom, you know, baristas and bodegas and whatnot, we have the standard general stores um, and, and small business and services and so on. That's fine. But I looked at this stuff in the middle and I thought, wait a minute, it must just be me. I called up a colleague of mine at Heard Freed Hearts, Jim Heard. Uh, this is a... Um, headhunter company in the Seattle area. And I said, disabuse me of this idea that there's nobody in the middle. He said, oh no, Jillian, I can't do that. He said, you can count on two hands with fingers missing how many companies there are in the tech sector in Seattle that are ranked at about the $100 million to $750 million size. And I thought, Ooh, that's dangerous economically for the city itself. If the employment levels go down from these big monsters, right, um, Amazon, Microsoft, etc., of just a few percent, say five or ten percent, right, we are just screwed in so many ways from baristas to real estate. There is insufficient hold to keep people in the area and to keep the economy thriving. There's nobody in the middle to say, oh, yes, we can get some talent now and go out and hire those folks. It's not going to be here. And they will have to leave to go to find their next job. So I thought, how do we fill in that mid-sector? And that's what kind of wraps up this whole conversation and that you and I have been having around uh, the kind of investment in mid-sized companies that intend to stay there. You see, by design these days, we invest in these companies we hope will become unicorns and we push them to blast through, right? They either blast right through that mid-sized stuff and they really do become a unicorn. Those are few and far between. Or they get bought by the mothership somewhere along the way. Could be a decent exit. That's all cool. But we still have nobody in the middle. So what happens if we start funding companies that intend to grow to be between 100 and say 500 million companies, uh, dollar companies, right? That's okay. And they can do what they want in terms of their private equity. They don't have to sell their stock. Maybe they'll put it around in their family. They can figure it out, right? But why, how do we fund those companies so they move in, stay, and thrive? Now, somebody was talking to me recently about the fact that there are a lot of talented folks inside these monster companies, Amazon, Microsoft, etc., who are not leaving those companies in order to form their own. They're uncertain as to where the money would come from. And we've got all kinds of problems that we can solve if we just solve how to fund a mid-size, privately held, because I don't like this term lifestyle. We've been through that, right? <laughs> right. We are now burying the lifestyle. That's right. Right. The heck with that. What we're really saying is how do we fund these privately held companies that plan to stay privately held by the founders or whoever they choose to sell it to at the end of their working life? So that's what's on my mind today. How do we pull all this stuff together? Well, what do we do about it? You know, as 
partners at Outlines Venture Group, we've been talking about better ways to live and work together for some years now. Years! Yes. And as fund managers now, we're looking at better ways for early stage, uh, you might call, angel investors to get their money in and out faster. Yes. With returns that are commensurate with the risk associated with the asset class. Early stage company investment, regardless of how much of a sure thing the founder knows it will be, is a, still a highly risky asset class, which is why, isn't it, only qualified investors have traditionally been able to fund. I mean, you don't want to bet your rent money on this. So where do yeah. we go? Right. I would agree. Um, I am still counseling companies, even if they want to remain lifestyle, that they don't raise it from non-qualified investors. It's just, how should I say, ethically not the right thing to do. And the bar is low enough. I mean, a million bucks hardly makes you a millionaire anymore these days, even if it does not include your primary residence. Um, Chances are the folks who live a middle-class life uh, comfortably and responsibly are simply uh, those folks who do accumulate about a million bucks. So, you know, that's appropriate. It's not like we have to change those bars. Um, But we do know that uh, as we look to the amount of funding that goes to different sectors of society, the women still get, what is it, 2.19% in 2016, awful numbers. Um, 2017 doesn't look much better, but they get about, the women get about 20% of angel investments. Black invest, uh, black founders get very little investment as well. Black women get just nothing. I mean, 0.00, you know, it's really bad numbers. If we are to improve all of these things, what we can say is we are finding that these newer groups of investors, right, or excuse me, of founders, uh, a broader founding group, that would be people with different ethnicities, backgrounds, uh, immigrant populations, uh, females of all color, uh, forming companies, they don't necessarily form a company uh, to become non-privately held. In other words, they're not expecting to sell and they're not expecting to uh, go public. Um, As a result, we think that they would be primary targets for funding of this kind of uh, group, uh, angel group. So we have looked at broadening the funding group, broadening the founding groups, and broadening the ways we can fund them. In our last session, uh, we talked about uh, the different uh, kinds of companies that would be suitable for debt instruments and debt and equity instruments. I thought after the break, we might want to dig in a little further. That sounds like a great idea, um, and that's just what we'll do. So we're going to take a break for our sponsors. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. 
Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, so social the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your facebook contest and sweepstakes create a fun easy to win contest by writing a simple facebook post watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction track your traffic and generate email lists with ease so social is mobile friendly and complies with facebook terms of service let so social give your facebook page some flash today zoom over to zosocial.com we're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We are talking today about funding mid-sized companies. Julian, before the break, you talked about the many companies being formed that aren't suited for VC funding and what to do to encourage their growth and the resulting stability in, of society, which is, you know, no small mission, right? It um, is. Yeah. Uh, let's just run through a few stats because numbers, I think, can tell a great story. If we define mid-sized companies as having fewer than 500 employees, which actually is what the uh, Small Business Administration um, defines as small business. Nevertheless, if it's uh, we put the mid-sized companies in that spot, they make up 99.7% of all U.S. businesses. 99.7%. That's almost all. And they employ 56.8 million people which is nearly half of the private workforce. This is all from uh, 2016 numbers from the SBA's advocacy report. And that year they provided a net 1.1 million new jobs and 97% of the U.S. export trade. So this is not something to sneeze at, is it? No, and, and that's what we were saying. You know, when you look at the number of companies that are unicorns, 0.03% of U.S. businesses, that kind of makes sense, right? Then that's not even necessarily unicorn. We're just saying that only 0.03% of U.S. businesses, right, one-third of 1%, a little less, have five, more than 500 employees, right? So by the definition, we're just saying these are very few and far between, and we should stop just looking at funding just those companies. As we look at funding the broader number of companies within the United States, we look at things like, uh, again, dividends, interest, debt instruments, standard loans, all kinds of things that will help these companies grow and help investors to put their money to work in the U.S. and global economy. So clearly, um, these companies are worth supporting and the kind of ways of supporting them you mentioned um, are uh, really valuable, but there's more, isn't there? Absolutely. 
there, there's some more stats too, right? The Bureau of Labor Statistics, for example, reports that the number of self-employed people has grown to 8.75 million in 2016. So 8.75 million people define themselves as self-employed. It could be that they simply have a small consultancy or they have a home-based business, what we would call cottage industry. But significantly more have small businesses. They simply own the darn thing, right? So right. 85.7% of those people are over 40 years old. This idea that the young entrepreneur is somewhere between, say, 18 and 30 and is building a unicorn is specious. So let's take a look at some more. Um, the, the number of, you know, these the vast majority of these kinds of startups, um, you know, uh, come from, you know, 82% of their money comes from the founder themselves or from their family or friends, right? So they gather the capital in a very small group and they build something and then they go and work in it. In other words, they're kind of building themselves a job and that's quite different than building yourselves a corporate structure. Now, 70% rely on personal savings for their initial uh, funds, right? That's quite a significant amount. It's a good start, but if you're going to build a significant sized but privately held company, then at some point you have to look at outside funding too, just leveraging things. Factoring companies um, generally charge between, say, 20 and as much as 30%, um, and they will say, well, if you're going to, uh, if you're charged somebody already and you're about to uh, receive the capital, then they will pay you your invoice due, if you will. Let's say you have $100 million in invoices out. They'll pay it to you, but they can charge you as much as 20 30% to do so. You're just receiving it early. It's almost like a payday loan. Pretty tough stuff. And in addition, there would be companies that would say, um, like Lighter Capital has made quite a big business in doing that kind of lending. What they say is, we will fund you if you have a running tally of a certain amount of income. So if you're doing somewhere between, say, 1 and 10 million a year and so on, there's something they can lend you on that. But it is a loan, and um, you're not uh, messing up your cap table, but it's really a different way to describe things like factoring or similar types of loans. They just have a little more risk tolerance than a bank. And of course, banks can lend as well, as well as things like hard money commercial bridge lenders, and that would be in the real estate sector. You used a term that was new to me, lighter capital. Yeah, lighter capital is making quite a splash. Um, really, they are hardly anything more than a uh, you know, a, a lending company, and yet they're making quite a splash in the early stage startup sector, even in the tech field. Um, they're operating here in Seattle. I believe they're also operating down in the Valley. Not sure where else, so we'd have to look that up, and maybe we could pop that into our Facebook page, letting people know where to find them. Absolutely. That would be a, um, a great idea. So what is the next step then? I mean, we know that it, in the 2016 reports that 40% uh, of the companies the SBA was surveying were profitable, 30% were breaking even, and 30% continually lose money. And um, so that's still a reasonable success ratio um, yeah. of 70% of, of companies. Uh, so what? how do we... How do we work? What do work we do like? About? <laughs> what do we do? How do we work like lighter capital? Is that the way to go? Is that the new 
um, shining light on the road of how this is all going to work. Um, are there other ways? You know, I think lighter capital is one piece of the puzzle, and I'm just excited that the big splash in the uh, in the sector, if you will, the tech sector and so on, and the early stage startup world, because it shows people that other options are out there. Um, so the, the biggest lesson here or the biggest takeaway is look at broader options than just the standard angel investment that goes to VC and so on. So here are some of the things. We look at it today from the investor side, shall we? Um, investors are having problems with the time frame. We've talked about that before. The 11 to 16 year average is just too long. They want to get their money in and out sooner and they want to deploy it again and again. They don't actually desire, uh, you know, only or exclusively these 100x exits and so on. Of course, it's nice, but they would be happy enough even with a two, three or four x exit and certainly with a 10x exit if they are paid back in a reasonable period of time for the risk of the asset class. So um, there are benefits to the investors if you look at funding two distinct types of company, the privately held, which is often called lifestyle, but it has this tiny connotation, the privately held but significant size company, so it must scale to some point, right? And the scalable potential unicorn. So really it's about the potential unicorn versus the privately held. Both will scale to a significant size. Now, if we look at both of those things and you say, all right, what about those unicorns where we think, hey, this company has a shot at this, you know, possible huge exit. Um, they're going to need more funding than we need, uh, than we can give them as angels, right? So they're going to come in for angel funding. They're certainly going in for a series A at a venture capital firm. They're going to go to a series B and possibly even a series C before they have reached their full scalability. Whether they sell or not is another question. If that's the case, as an angel investor, you need to know who's going to fund next. It's amazing to me that people put their money down at point A, never knowing who's going to fill it in point B. So the first thing we're doing at our fund is saying we're going to make a hard channel to the next venture funder. That would be kind of the micro uh, venture capitalists, the, the guys who write the one to $5 million checks, maybe syndicate to 10 or 15 million and so on, and right around there. Okay. The next series, a investor, and we're going to say to those guys, Hey, there are some companies that you're going to see that you really like, and you're going to want to work with them, but they're not ready for you yet. They're too small. Send them back to us. And we will say, what exactly do you want this company to accomplish in how much time? And if our angel group has the mentor capital, which you and I have worked on for years, Anne, right, mentoring deeply in exchange for equity, really leaning in to make sure that company is successful. Number two, the hard cash capital, right? In other words, sufficient numbers of people willing to invest to make this company get where it's going because that $25 solution is no good. You dribble in the money and it's enough to keep the lights on, but never to move forward. And then finally, you say, do we have access to the introductions required for these guys to get to their key employees, their first revenue, uh, you know, first customers and so on. If we do and we can accomplish whatever goal those VCs want to see, in the period of time that they need to see it, we will fund it. 
And that is how you create a hard channel between yourselves and the next investor. And you don't just do it with one VC, you do it with about a half a dozen. Because two will have invested in the same sector and are no longer interested. And one or two have, I don't know, closed their funds and it's just not good timing. And finally, a couple more will get it done and they'll syndicate with somebody else and they'll get the whole thing put together and the company will become successful. If you don't know where the next money is coming from and you're not in constant contact with them as though they were already investors, look, we have a achieved X and now Y and now Z, then I think we should not put money down. So we're looking at better ways to get money in. And I think after the break, we should talk about better ways to get them out. Absolutely. And so we shall. This is CEO Coach, and we'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. TopSEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. We're back with Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. Jillian and I have been exploring new ways to fund mid-sized companies and how to get the money in and the investors in now as we close out this episode of CEO Coach. Jillian, let's talk about how you get the investors out. Absolutely. So we've talked about getting the money in for those companies that are moving on to Series A and so on. There are still interesting ways to do that. And you can still fund a scalable corporation by saying, hey, I don't want to take it all the way to the exit. I know they might make it, but it's going to take too long for me. And you can still do things that are kind of debt hybrids where you say, again, at rev share, you know, at certain point, we're going to take it back out. Or you can make deals in advance with the VCs and say, when it comes time, you'll cash some of our money out and you will fund the rest of it. VCs don't usually like to do that, but if warned in advance, if you will, and they negotiate in advance, they may find that there's value in it. And they would like to take a larger portion of this company that may become seriously a unicorn. Now, in the case of the privately held companies that don't intend to exit, you definitely want to use these kinds of debt instruments, rev share instruments, uh, the um, interest uh, if it's a standard loan, or dividends if it's going to go over time. But you still have to have a market for the absolute, uh, what you call it, the, uh, the principle on this uh, capital, right? You still have to be able to pull it out in some way. 
there are a few companies beginning to create um, platforms to sell shares of privately held companies. And I've seen a few around for some time. They only have a few companies in them. I believe that the next stage is somebody's going to create a marketplace for a large number of privately held organizations, if you will, a stock market for the non-stock market people. I think that will be very exciting. And as soon as we see one happen, I think, Anne, you and I should share it right here. In the meantime, uh, for those lifestyle companies, looking at the debt equity uh, split, looking at dividends and interest, and looking at ways to talk to the VCs at Series A for those who need to get there, for those companies that will need to get there in advance, will allow you to pull your money out with clear expectations at a reasonable time period. Never forget, both investors and founders, this is a highly risky asset class. Highly risky, and yet there are ways to mitigate risk um, to some extent. Uh, You talked about in our own fund that we will be um, asking the follow-on investors in a hard channel that we create, what do you need this company to do and be in order to be a follow-on investor? And when we are sure that the companies that we look at have that opportunity, then we can make an investment. And doesn't that ease the risk somewhat? Yes, yes it does. And by keeping in touch with those uh, potential next stage investors all along the way saying, you told us that we must do these six things and we have now done five, now four, now three, now two, we're coming for you. Are you ready? It keeps those lines of communication open. It keeps the expectations ready. It makes sure somebody doesn't go give away the last of their fund. They know you're coming and it is something they are already interested in. Uh, You can also leverage the advice, counsel, introductions, and assets of the venture capital firm in advance earlier on if they know you're coming and they kind of pre-plan to invest in you as a company it makes all kinds of sense for them to make you grow more quickly to get you where you're going more quickly and get their money in and out fast so you know it isn't just money you get from a vc sometimes it's introductions to some very powerful assets that help your company thrive And that is what we're all about here at Outlines Venture Group, helping companies thrive and grow (laughs) and and prosper because it makes better ways to live and work together. These are fascinating ideas, and I think they're cutting edge. And I really am looking forward to uh, some of the response from some of our listeners of, of when they hear some of these ideas and as we go forth and talk about them wherever we go. Um, Well, we're getting pretty good response from the investors. They are interested and uh, we'll see whether or not they pony up, put their money on the table for this fund. And uh, in the, you know, in the sum of it, we hope to found, uh, excuse me, to fund a broader founding group. We hope to fund broader ideas, not just the software that's going to power the next big thing but rather things like platforms, services, product, all kinds of goods and services that will help our economy and our communities to thrive. And we hope that um, the alternate funding options will help the companies and the founders themselves um, to kind of take that step 
to leap out of whatever work they're doing, to know that the money is there, the support is there, and that they will be able to build whatever they're dreaming of today. And that's it for this week at CEO Coach. We'd like to thank our producers at Webmaster Radio for their support. You can download these shows at webmasterradio.fm slash shows slash CEO dash coach and also at iTunes, Heart Radio, Stitcher, and many other places. I think I misspoke that iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and many other places around the web. You can find links and more on, on Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Stop by and hit the like button so we know you were there and tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach. Thanks for joining us. I'm Ann Kennedy with Jillian Music, and you can find out more about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at OutlinesVenture.com. Till next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.